0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's
1: going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop
0: their Have you gotten wrong yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, five-star time. Seems like it's always five-star time with Tennessee basketball time. Still work to do in this class, but uh, there's a transfer portal and other things out there. Time, plenty to discuss time. Basketball in May time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a very pleasant, very pleasant May early evening, I suppose we could call it at this point. Uh, that would probably be the right time of, of day. Uh, it's a nice sunny, about 78, 79, 80 degrees right about now. Could be worse this time of year. Very, very beautiful evening. Lots to talk about, of course. Uh, with Tennessee baseball, we, we will do that at some point um, because the Vols are back to consensus number one. They remain number one in most of the polls, not all of them last week, uh, but but then they took care of business against Georgia and Oregon State, uh, dropped a couple to Arizona, and so Tennessee is back as a consensus number one nationally in baseball. The Vols host uh, this week on Tuesday night. They'll host Belmont uh, for the final Regular season home game of the year, then they'll go to Starkville to play the reigning national champion Mississippi State Bulldogs on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Of course, Tennessee has already wrapped up an SEC championship. It will be the number one seed in Hoover, so it will open play uh, around 5.30 Eastern or so, uh, weather permitting the Wednesday after this one. And then uh, Tennessee will host the regional round, and it will host a super regional if it wins there. And then if it wins a super regional, it would go to Omaha for the second consecutive season. So lots and lots to discuss there. But this one, guys, is going to be – a basketball-centered podcast because there's lots to discuss. So you know if we're doing that, we're going across, down to uh, – I say across, we'll say down south, I suppose, uh, down to the Maryville uh, Blunt County Satellite Office of Go Vols 24-7. Get to the one, the only, Grant Ramey. Grant, what's up? Can you hear me now? I'm I can hear me. you now. We got you now. We got you now. That Zoom
1: way. technology. It's only been two years of this stuff. I was saying I look like I'm in a hostage video, but nobody can see that, obviously, because we're on a podcast. But something about my background in the shadows, it just feels like a hostage situation.
0: It does look like we used to joke with Ryan about uh, how Ryan's background when we had to do uh, a lot of these, these these podcasts, it always looked like Ryan had like the mini blinds behind him and could have been anywhere. Oh, yeah. It could have been anywhere in the world. It was kind of sketchy. I remember looking. those
1: mini I remember those mini blinds from the COVID days. Yeah, and it was like when. it was
0: like Ryan, what do you got going on over there at your home daycare center? <laughs> do we need to alert child services? What's happening over there? But yes, lots and lots of Tennessee basketball uh to discuss on this one, Grant, because this is big news again for the Vols, signing Julie Julian Phillips, five-star number 12 overall player in the 24-7 sports composite. If you have to leave it late. Um, this is a, a hell of a get uh, at this point of the calendar. It is I mean a
1: five star is a five star I believe that's six for Rick Barnes since mm-hmm. 2019 which is uh, pretty uh, you know pretty pretty unique territory kind of never never been done before I guess uh, this consistent of a level, level uh, Tennessee basketball program. History. I believe they have nine five stars in the internet ratings era and I mm-hmm. think six of those belong to Rick. this is the fourth. Uh, McDonald's All-American in a four-year span here, going back to Josiah, um, to Jaden Springer, to Kennedy, and now to Julian. Uh, to win this one over an Auburn team that usually, let's be honest, it's, uh, they win a lot more than they lose against Tennessee in these kind of battles. Yes, uh, they win more than they lose against a lot of teams in these kind of battles. It's not just Tennessee um, to to win out over the G League Ignite, uh, the Overtime Elite, uh, another professional league. Um, just to kind of play the long game here. They've been after him since the fall. They were consistent with it. They lost out to LSU. Will Wade gets fired. They get right back into it. Um, in the NIL landscape, this kind of new era that everybody's trying to fill out, I think this was an important win. It was a guy you really, really needed because of what this roster looks like. You had so many openings that you need A, bodies, and if you can get an elite body, an elite athlete, an elite you know player like Julian Phillips is based on those ratings – It's a
0: huge win. Yeah, it is. And what's interesting to me, Grant, is I don't know the last time that I remember Tennessee had a player kind of quite like this one in terms of just size and ability in game. Tennessee's had a lot of five stars, uh, and they've been different types of players. And Phillips is interesting because there is some, I don't want to say divide, but there is some legitimate conversation between different analysts about Phillips, because he is rated as a five-star almost purely off of potential rather than production. And that's, that, that is what it is. It's a, it's a game that you got to play because you're trying to figure out, you know, this kid is this now, but this is what he could be. So he's not a, a polished product. He's not, there's a lot of rawness there, but just purely as an athlete with that length, with that kind of athleticism, you know, I guess maybe Josiah would have been the the closest, unless you can correct, correct me if on on that. But because he's obviously got a bigger body uh, than than Ticket Gaines had when he signed with Tennessee, so an interesting kind of player that Tennessee hadn't really had.
1: Right, and and not all five stars are are made the same or from the same mold, just like all three stars aren't the same mold. I mean, every three stars not Zakai Ziegler, Every five stars not Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Every five stars not you know. Paulo Benchero, whatever, name the, the five-star, Chet Holmgren that, that, that was you know elite last year. So there is a lot of that discussion you're talking about. Some of these analysts believe he could be one of the best players in this class down the road. Not right now, not at this moment. Once his skill develops, once his game develops, once his body develops, when you look back maybe 10 years from now, whatever, what he's done in the NBA, maybe he's the most productive guy out of this class. Now, that's not to say he's going to come to Tennessee and not be ready to go not to be able to ready, uh, not to be ready to contribute. I mean, he's projected by ESPN to be the number 14 overall pick in the the next summer's NBA draft 2023. So he is that kind of lottery potential. Um, I think for Tennessee, what's important here is you lose Brandon Huntley Hatfield, you're bringing back Jonas Adu, you're bringing back Olivier Conwell, Rose Plops, but you still felt like you needed some kind of assurance in the post. I thought they would go get a a power forward out of the portal. That hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen. I thought they could have used that, but now yeah, you plug badly. in Julian that Phillips. Was, that was
0: a need for sure.
1: Right, but now you can plug in Julian Phillips, and you can put Josiah at the four, and Josiah, Josiah has shown you what he can do at the four and play small and the way he can rebound, the way he can defend, uh, the versatility that he has. Then you add an elite athlete like Julian Phillips, a guy that's improved his outside shot, a guy that Rick Barnes said uh, after he signed was a three-level scorer. Um, I think w- when you add that kind of piece to the puzzle, that really helps that – kind of, uh, I don't know, the depth or the rotation or kind of how that roster in 2022-2023 is built. And it was a very needed piece because Tennessee had lost a lot of bodies. And you're beginning to wonder how much depth they're going to have in the post, how they're going to handle the wings. Uh, you needed to win this one and Tennessee won it.
0: Yeah, I, I want to spend a, a good portion of the second segment sort of discussing how, how this – how you kind of shoehorn a roster together and what the rest of the recruiting situation looks like, Tennessee's roster composition, which, again, in this era, guys, it's going to be, um, you know, it's, it's almost going to have a one-and-done feel to it, not because guys are going to the league necessarily all the time, but because guys will go somewhere like a Huntley Hatfield and, and say, no, I, I want to go somewhere else, or a Quentin DeBunje and go, no, I, I want to go somewhere else. So, So these things are going to happen, and this is going to be, the way it is for the foreseeable future until the rules change, but just specifically with Phillips, before we go to a break here in a minute, this recruitment you, you you touched on it a little bit, Grant, but this has been a to me anyways a really really interesting development because unless a guy sort of reclassifies, you don't often see you know a, a, one of the top ten or fifteen prospects in the country this uh, available at this point in the calendar. It's a really unusual step. I know this was a really bizarre recruitment sort of down to the end, sort of for, for people who are just kind of walking into this now, how how many directions did this thing go from the beginning? How did this young man end up at Tennessee?
1: I mean, I thought it was kind of surprising back in the fall when he picked LSU. I don't think anybody kind of really knew kind of which direction he was leaning Tennessee thought they were in it. That was back in, I guess, October. Uh, He had taken an official visit to Tennessee in September um, Tennessee felt like they were in it pretty good. It was LSU, Tennessee, Florida State, and Southern Cal, and then he ups and picks LSU. Uh, fast forward, Will Wade gets fired on March, uh, whatever that day is uh, during the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and Tennessee immediately is back all in on Julian Phillips, and everybody assumed because Tennessee was one of those finalists in the fall, Tennessee was going to be a finalist again. Um, at some point, Auburn gets involved, and, and when Auburn gets involved, they're going to be there till the end, it feels like, just about every single time. Uh, then South Carolina got involved. I mean, he's a South Carolina native, mm-hmm. um, so that made sense. Then the G League got involved, and he was meeting with G League reps 24 hours before he was scheduled to announce his commitment. Um, there was talk about a, maybe a Kansas State visit. And, and from my knowledge, from my understanding, last week, Thursday, the day he commits, through the day, through you know, early afternoon, I don't think Tennessee ever really got a confirmed answer like, yes, I'm coming here, congrats, Whatever. I think they were kind of waiting. I think rumors started kind of flying around midday what was going to happen, but I think they were still waiting till the end to see what happened, and I think that's that's something very rare. It wasn't a super dramatic recruitment. There wasn't a bunch of drama and all this stuff, but it was just quiet. It went a lot of different directions. I think what Tennessee felt good about was the family situation. They liked Tennessee. The family did. I think the, the family wanted him at Tennessee, and I think that maybe that's what won out in the end. But at the same time, his mom wanted to see all the different options, wanted him to see all the different options and kind of be able to weigh everything. And let's be honest, in the NIL era, it's it's kind of like shopping around. It's exactly, exactly what it is, really. Yeah, no, it You're going to look around, find your best situation, find the best money, the dollar figure, uh, if that's your, what are your biggest concerns, which it would be for me. I can't blame these kids. Um, and, and, for, and Tennessee stuck in it. They stayed consistent. They. Kept telling me they felt good, but you can never really trust the we feel good because they feel good about a lot of guys, and sometimes it doesn't work out. So um, they stayed steady in it for the long run, played the long game, uh, and it worked out in a big way.
0: Yeah, and, and as a player, before before we go to break here, as as a player, this, this young man, we talked about how there's so much potential there because you see one of these guys – and let's be honest, the, the 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 NBA is full of these guys now who are sort of six foot eight jack of all trades guys, right? Like they 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 can they handle the ball a little bit. They can score, they can go down and get you some rebounds. They're just really sort of Swiss Army knives, and that's kind of where the game's been going. But I'm trying to think, I'm looking at Tennessee's other sort of four and five star prospects that they've signed. I mean, you know, Tobias Harris, everybody knew he could play small forward, but he was more of a hybrid forward to spend more time in the, in the post at times, at least at the college level. Uh, I I don't see – I'm looking at all these guys Tennessee signed. I mean, Hobson was was definitely more of a two-guard. I, I, I don't know that they've had a guy quite like this. I, I, I might be missing something, and I know, Grant, you've covered the program – you know, more, more intensely recently and, and almost as long overall as I have. But it seems like in the past there were sort of classic, you know, you know this guy's a guard, you know this guy is a big man. Um, Josiah could do a lot of different things, but he's kind of got that more power forward physical kind of mentality about him. I don't know that Tennessee's had a guy quite like this.
1: No, and, and they love versatility, uh, I think, first and foremost. They love athletic ability, they love character, all that stuff. But if you can be versatile, if you can be a four, if you can be a three, if you can be a two, uh, whatever it is, I, I think they're they're attracted to that. And I think with Julian Phillips, he's a guy that, I mean, like like you mentioned earlier, body body type and kind of style, it reminds you of a Josiah James. But Josiah had grown up playing point guard, mm-hmm. and he obviously always wanted to kind of – I think he wanted to stay in that for as long as he could. And he's always kind of been a distributor first, and a scorer second. Maybe that started to change late last season. I think you have that same body style with Julian Phillips and that same versatility and that same athletic ability. But he's never been a point guard. I don't think he ever wanted to be a point guard. I think he wants to be a guy who's going to – uh, produce and, and score the basketball, and he can score. I mean, I think if you're Rick Barnes, you're touting him as a three-level scorer. I think that speaks volumes about your offensive game. So, And and, and when you look at that roster next season, with uh, with this, you're assuming Santi's coming back. You're assuming Josiah's coming back. You've got Zakai. You've got uh, some other guys where it's not going to be 100% on Julian Phillips to carry that team or to score the most every night. It's going to be to plug in and play and be as versatile as you can on both ends of the floor and see how much you can help this team. And you don't have to put everything on his shoulders from day one, but yeah, there's there's it's hard to kind of nail down one specific comparison for who Tennessee might have had in the past because uh, the situation is a little bit unique.
0: Yeah, I went and looked it up, and, and I, I was hoping on his profile that Jerry Meyer, one of the, you know the, just the best in the business, one of the best who's ever done this. I was hoping he would have a pretty good projection, and by God, he does. Uh, Corey Brewer is the guy that that he compared good him to, and that to me. That's spot on. When you look at this kid, you see that kind of game. And, and that's what he is. Get the ball, go score, ha- has some athleticism, can go get you some rebounds, can put the ball on the deck. Uh, you know, If he'll go out there and want to defend, which, again, is not optional with, with Barnes, you're going to have to try to play defense and do things. But this is um, – when Tennessee's roster composition was what it was and and then you had so many guys leave – I think there could have been a lot of panic, but but it, that's not been the case. Rick Barnes has been doing this too long. Maybe he did panic, but he didn't look like he was panicking. And he's he's gotten this. This is a big time commitment. We there's a our signing, I guess you could say now. So there's a lot more to discuss about this, but we do need to sneak in a break before we do that. So so apologies for that. We got to step away, pay some bills, listener products, services, ads. Uh, other other things, in house ads, et cetera, yada yada yada, and we'll be right back here on the Goveals twenty four seven podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Grant Ramey coming to you from down there at the Go Vols 24-7 Blount County Satellite Office in Merville talking Tennessee basketball. Uh, there's a lot to discuss this week in, in some other sports. We're going to get a podcast with Ryan here. It's coming out probably, my guess, would be tomorrow. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, Nico Iamaliava uh, being at the Elite, uh, getting the invitation to the Elite, 11 finals and all that stuff. Lots to discuss there. Catch up with Ryan on recruiting. Also some baseball to discuss this week. Uh, lots and lots and lots of stuff going on right now. But uh, we are talking primarily basketball in this one because Tennessee has gotten another five-star. Uh, big, big, big. Big commitment from Julian Phillips and now a signing. I keep wanting to say commitment. He has actually signed. Uh, That's how late in the process this is. So plenty more to discuss about him. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, guys, if you could take about a minute out of your day right now and go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, that would help us out a lot. Uh, There's there's no wrong way to consume this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. It's okay. It's fine with us. But what really, really helps us is if you go in there and Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can catch a fine pod or cast a fine pod, you can find this very, very GoVals 24-7 podcast. We do this for free and we're happy to do it. The only thing that we ask is that you go in there and rate, review, and subscribe. Helps us out quite a bit. You can go to GoVols247.com. We will put you in that direction, too. We will help you do those things. Uh, but if you could do those things, it would help us out a lot. If you're already doing them, thank you. We love you. If not, go f*** yourself. That's the policy, and um, that's the policy. I, I don't I don't feel like I need to explain that at this point. Uh, ride or die with us. Uh, that's that. That's the motto. Grant, we we talked a little bit about this obviously in the first segment, but I really want to sort of start to hone in on roster construction for for Tennessee now because there there was a lot um, there was a lot of exits and you know you you think Santi Vescovi Josiah Jordan James all that's going to work out they'll be back all that stuff but um, there were a lot Kennedy Chandler goes pro which you know we all expected. Um, you got a couple guys out the door too, Dabunje, Anjay Tamba. You know, obviously Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, which was one that was rumored throughout the year that it was not going to work out in the long run. That proved to be true. He's going to Louisville and wish him the best there. Uh, certainly a lot of talent in that young man. Hopefully he can get, get that some of that done under Kenny Payne, who's a good basketball coach. Um, and obviously Victor Bailey Jr. is going to go – uh, play for a former Tennessee assistant uh, up the road a little bit, up I-81. So so lots and lots of stuff going on, Grant. But Tennessee has to fill and reconstruct a class. And doing that in this era, if you're a coach who didn't sort of have the self-confidence and the patience – or not patience, he's not a patient man – but sort of the belief in yourself and your reputation that Rick Barnes does, it would be just a nightmare, I think, to coach in this era right now.
1: And what's weird, I think John Calipari has willingly done this for a long time now where it felt like he's, he's had to rebuild his roster just about every single season because he focuses on those one and done five star kind of elite products. And if that's the way you want to live life, do it. But for now, it feels like that's for everybody because it's easier now to transfer than it's ever been. There's NIL deals out there that if you don't like what you get, uh, look for something somewhere else. If you think you can get something better, if you think you can get playing time. Um <clears throat> This is just kind of the new normal. It feels like this happened a year ago where there's massive roster overhaul. It's happened this uh, this spring where it's massive overhaul. I mean, the season ends and you think maybe you're done focusing on this team for a minute. And then you just kind of launch into college basketball free agency where there's a ton of names in the portal. And you're trying to track which guy might be out, which my guy might be in one week. It sounds like they're going to enter the portal. The next week, it sounds like maybe they're changed their mind. They're going to stay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Victor Bailey, Justin Powell, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, Quentin DeBunja, you name these guys, you can go down the list. But Tennessee's uh, with, let's see, let me get this math right in my head, with Julian Phillips, I believe, three open spots because they lost six guys. They've now brought in three guys. They lost six guys that would have counted toward next year's scholarship numbers. They brought in three guys. So they got three open spots, and now you have to feel – you know, you have to fill at least two more of these spots, I would think, because you don't want to have a ton of openings going into the summer. You don't want to go into the summer and the fall with 10 scholarship guys or 11 scholarship guys. Uh, 12, I think, would be the very least. So they still got work to do, and this is just kind of the new normal where you're working through the spring and through the summer to fill out your roster and, and see what you got heading into the fall.
0: Yeah, I've kind of been, you know, just just kind of piddling around, writing down some of the names and sort of looking at how the roster is is composed right now, and and you've still got some spots to fill. And I do believe, and I th- I think Grant agrees that, that you know, and he would certainly know more than I would. But I, I think we're we're both in agreement that Tennessee is going to continue adding to this class because the numbers are there, and you know, coaches from the beginning of time have thought, you know, I need to fill those spots. They don't like holding an open scholarship spot because that that could come in big during the year coaches just don't like it, it's like me looking at a flower bed and seeing an empty spot and being like why is there not a flower there or why is there not a uh, you know why is there not a bush there you know it just it, it drives you nuts you know it's it, it's like one of those things that you know uh, like in in the office where they're trying to get the old DVD uh, beam yep. to kind of go into the corner. Hit like, the corner. Yeah, just you got to hit the corner. You, you have to fill. You have to. It has to. It's. It just leaves you so unfulfilled when when a when a when a roster spot's not filled. And coaches used to have to worry about that because if you took a guy, you were married to him for four or five years. You know, it's like one coach, former Tennessee coach, told me, if I if I sign a Turd, I'm looking at that Turd for four or five years. And that's not the way it is anymore because the portal, guys go, guys come. So it's more transactional. It's like, here's the spot, let's fill this spot, and then we'll see what happens later, later. So right now, when I'm looking at it, I think, Grant, the the areas that that I see, you know, because Tyreek Key coming in, BJ Edwards coming in, maybe BJ's more of a developmental guy, take a couple years, we'll see. Of course, we said that about Ziegler, too, and we were all wrong. But I, I, I'm not super concerned. Now, Uri Collins would have been awesome, and that is a loss for Tennessee. There's no two ways around it. I, a lot of us thought that he was going to go to Tennessee, ends up staying at St. Louis. That That's a bummer. That that kid is exciting. He's a really good point guard. He's a really good player. But you, you get Tyreek Kean, who can play a couple spots in the backcourt and can shoot the ball. You bring in Edwards. You've got Zekai Ziegler. You've got you, you You've got guys in your program who can handle the ball. I'm not worried too much about point guard unless um unless like the perfect guy becomes available. I'm looking at spots like to me the 3 and the 4 are the spots that I'm looking like and if I, if I'm Tennessee I would like to have a little bit more there. Or, or is that sort of where you are? Or do you have a different because if you completely disagree, that's awesome. I'd like to hear it.
1: Well, I think Tennessee agrees with you because uh, they get the commitment from Julian Phillips, and the next thing they do is turn around they host DJ Jefferson, a three-star wing, uh, kind of a three guy, um, on an official visit over the weekend, and they uh, host Tobe Owaka, Not Toby, like from the office. Apparently it's Tobey um, for you know, whatever oh, reason. Everyone's
0: going to get but that wrong. That's going to be the new Vescovy. If it happens. But
1: it And also, we had Tove as a 2022. I believe he's a 2023 who's considering reclassifying and, and moving up. So if he did pick Tennessee and if he did reclassify, he could be here as quickly as the summer or he could wait and play AAU with his team. Whatever the connection there, the New York Lightning, he's from the Bronx. He's from that same AAU program that uh, produced Sakai Ziegler. Um, I love Zakai Ziegler, and I loved what they saw from him as a freshman. And it feels like they struck gold with that kid, getting him in August and getting him here that quickly, and seeing how quickly he produced and how quickly this team kind of uh, kind of adopted his personality and his energy and all that stuff. That said, I'm not so crazy about putting that starting point point guard job right on his shoulders and expecting him to take off with it, because I think he was a great coming off the bench. If if I could keep him bringing, if I could keep bringing him off the bench, I would do that. But when you don't get a Uri Collins, when that kind of fizzles out, that hurts you. And I don't know where they're going with point guard. I don't know if they're going to attack the point guard position and try to add somebody there the rest of the way. But I do agree with a three and a four. DJ Jefferson would be that three. Tobey Walker would be that four. Now, they're both guys that would be kind of developmental multi-year players, maybe not stepping to make a huge impact but guys that do have – would give you some depth and would have some really good upside because of D.J. Jefferson. He's a guy that's climbed in the rankings uh, recently. He had a really good showing at the Iverson Classic earlier this month uh, in Memphis. Toby's a guy that, that led um, the EYBL. I think he still leads it right now in rebounding. He's 6'8", 240, where we heard those numbers before. Rick Barnes kind of likes those undersized, yeah. under-the-radar big men mm-hmm. that he can take and mold. So you're trying to walk a line between – you want the five-star elite talents like the Julian Phillips, the one-and-done guy kind of guys, a Kennedy Chandler. But you also need those multi-year guys in this era that are going to stick around, that are willing to work, that are going to fit into your culture, um, that are going to be guys that you can rely on down the road that aren't going to come here for one-year type of scholarship and then leave and you're starting over. So uh, I think right now in this landscape, the evaluation process is more important than ever. I mean, I think if you're investing in a kid, you better know what he's going to bring, how hard he's going to work, how he's going to fit into your culture and all that stuff. And if you think you can rely on him for being here multiple, multiple years. So I think with the guys they are targeting, they're targeting those positions you talked about, the three and the four, and they're also targeting some guys that are going to stick around the program for a while and not be one and done, not be one and transfer.
0: I'm interested now that, and again, we, we, we know Julian Phillips can do a lot of things, but we, but we know he's not a point guard. So, you've mentioned this and I, I i think it's a it's a really interesting point that that if you just throw everything on Ziegler do you know he can handle it my thought would be and again there there's no foolproof plans right i mean that's what you know what was it tennessee baseball coach tony vitello said like a month ago he's like coaching is basically spending you know months and years making plans and 90% of them don't work but you know that that's sort of what the life is but i think a lot of people will say that Ziegler can't do that. And I love the idea of that kid knowing that people are questioning whether he can do that because I think he is just, you know, just, he is so tough mentally. Uh, You do wonder physically would he break down, I, I don't know, but just he's so tough that I think he's a guy that, that you can do a lot of things with the point guard position, but let's talk about before we get out of here quickly. What the rest of that situation looks like, because uh, Tennessee brings in BJ Edwards listed as a point guard, maybe more of a combo guard. Tyree Key was listed as a point guard prospect out of high school, maybe more of a guy who plays off the ball some. what you know, you know, Vescevi can play point guard if you need him to. That's no problem. Uh, what do you think Tennessee's point guard situation looks like going into the season if if no one else is added?
1: I, w- I would start Zakai because if he's if the roster at point guard the point guard depth if it goes into the fall as it is now I start Zakai because he's given me no reason to believe that he can't handle it. like you said there's there's a lot of stuff that's been asked of him and it's like he's passed everything with flying colors and when I say bring in another point guard that's not me thinking that Zakai couldn't do it I would just like to have the luxury of continuing mm-hmm. to bring Zakai off the bench. And now that's not saying B.J. Edwards can't do it. B.J. Edwards, like you said, could step in and be as a kind of uh, player who produces and surprises people. I mean, he's a four-star prospect. He's a hometown kid. He looks
0: good physically, too, like he's put together pretty
1: well. He does. I think you leave him more of the true point guard. I think you would bring in Tyreek Key to to be that just straight-up shooting guard that comes off the bench that gives you depth, that gives you um, the, the experience that he has. I mean, this is going into, what, his fifth year? um in college so you you want that experience that he brings and everything that he did at indiana state and and right santi can play point guard he has played point guard uh plenty at tennessee josiah can play point guard he has played point guard all his life and he could continue to do that if he needed to but you really just don't want to take them out of the spots where you need them santi's better off the ball santi's been more productive that's where it felt like he took the biggest uh leaps last season was how productive he was and how he kept moving without the ball and getting open and making shots. And I think you need Josiah at that four. You need him at the three. Uh, you could use him at the two if you have to. So I think if you go in as is, you challenge the to, guy to pick up and be that guy to, to kind of keep proving people wrong and, and just kind of put more on his plate and see how he handles it and hope you have a, a guy in BJ Edwards that can step in as a freshman, give you good minutes, uh, be a reliable, uh, kind of consistent ball handler, somebody that you can put in the game, and not have to worry a ton about.
0: Yeah, and I think right now I'll end on this thought. I I I think at least from this end, I, I I think looking at Tennessee's roster right now, and assuming the guys that are supposed to come back come back, and again we have to we have to project a little bit when when we're doing this. But I look at this Tennessee roster, and and I would say this right now, I would not pick that team to win the SEC but I would fully expect that team to compete for an SEC championship. I think that roster is still good enough, assuming guys stay healthy. I think that roster is still good enough where they're not going to get picked for the league title, but they can compete for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you lose Kennedy, that's an elite player, but you plug in a Julian Phillips who's got that elite kind of talent level as well. I don't know how much production-wise he will uh, compare to Kennedy. Um, but you, you lose a uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Well, he didn't really do a ton until Olivier Conwell got hurt. And now Olivier's coming back and he's kind of easy to forget about. Yes. It's, because you people didn't forget have him. about
0: him all the time. And I think he's because, really good.
1: Good, be. Right. Because you didn't have him those last, those last, uh, Couple, I don't know how long it was, couple months, few weeks, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You bring back Uros, he, he kind of made some strides here and there last season. You bring back uh, Jonas Idu. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's a really good rim protector. Mm-hmm. The more comfortable he gets on the offensive end, the more time he gets, I think he'll be more productive there. I think long-term, uh, I think he's going to be a really good basketball player for Tennessee. So I think the pieces are there experience-wise. Uh, Santi and Joe, assuming they're back. Uh, Zakai, I think you could rely on him as somebody – with experience at this point, uh, some uh, plug in some elite guys like uh, uh, Julian Phillips uh, and go from there. Yeah, I think it's a team that there's there's no reason to believe they won't compete for the SEC just based on what we've seen from them um, somewhat consistently under Rick Barnes, and, and it just kind of depends on where you go from here because you've got a couple roster spots to fill, see who you can get, and then kind of how it goes going into the summer.
0: And, and I think another guy who, we you know, you mentioned that Comewag gets forgotten all the time, and, and he does – when you talk to people in that Tennessee basketball program, and, and I don't know that he'll ever be a guy who scores 20 a game or anything like that. I'm, I'm not going there, but people really like Jemai Meshack, just his presence in the program, his athleticism, his attitude. Uh, you know, he, he could be an elite defender, give him time with the staff for a couple of years to grow his game offensively. I just think he's the guy you want in your program.
1: I agree. I think Julian's a guy that wants to be a really good defender. Um, I think, uh, DJ Jefferson, when you talk to him, he's talking about how he wants to be an elite defender, a versatile defender. I think that's why they're targeting a guy like him and and recruiting him as hard as they are and trying to get him into this program. So yeah, those are the guys that uh, they love, guys that are ready to play defense and willing to play defense. And yeah, I don't think he's ever going to score 20 a game, but Jemai Masek's a guy that has that versatility that you want, that has that mindset that you want. Uh, And again, it's that balance between you're trying to find the truly elite one and done kind of talents and mix them with those foundational pieces of those program guys and I think Jemima Masek would fit into that category for
0: sure. I think that is a good place to leave it it's 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 fun to have a nice long basketball conversation in in the middle of May you know wrapped up in baseball right now because they're competing for everything and you know could could win the whole thing we'll see football it's Tennessee so you know it's in full swing but This is also a basketball program. It's a basketball school in a lot of ways. You talk to a lot of students on campus these days. I'm telling you, a lot of them get much more excited for basketball than they do for football right now, even though football is getting exciting. So uh, basketball is something at Tennessee that now deserves year-round respect and attention, and I'm glad that it's getting it, and I'm glad that Grant is the guy providing it for us. Grant, you got anything else? Uh, Baseball, man.
1: They're so good that it's like, I hope people don't think if they don't win at all, it's a failure. Right. Yeah.
0: It's that, it's that Bama football thing where they're so good that if they do anything but win a national championship by a couple touchdowns, it's uh, something disappointing. And that's just, but how long, how long has it been
1: since the number one seed won that tournament?
0: 22. The number one overall seed, 22, 23 years, something like that
1: and how often is it that like the the president's trophy team in NHL gets put out early? I I just hope it's been such a fun year to watch them from afar. I don't really cover that team. I just watch games like everybody else does and the personality that team has. And I mean, they statistically dominate a sport that is impossible to statistically dominate. I mean, the numbers they put up, it's like 45 and six is like a softball record. You don't see that out of a a college baseball team. So what they're doing is crazy. I hope people don't think it's, it's national title or bust because it's really hard to win one.
0: Yeah, I've never seen a college baseball pitching staff that had like five potential first round draft picks on it. Four who are going to be in the first round, and then five. You could maybe even argue a six has a chance to become one. It's sort of silly. Um, you know, they're talking about tweaking the weekend rotation and what you do. And sometimes I worry that, that Vitello's going to, that they're almost going to talk themselves into doing something they don't need to do because they just have too many options and they got to take guys off the mound too early because it's like he was cruising, but then Vitello's like, this guy's a first-round pick. I, I, he's got to get on the mound at some point. I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's crazy. And the way they, they hit the ball, the, this offense is just destroying the field with, with the home run totals, the slugging percentage, and it, it has been something to behold. We'll see how it goes down the stretch. They always – you know, football. They remember what you do in November and beyond, and and in baseball, they remember what you do in Omaha. But you got to get to it, and it's not easy. Uh, no, it's just it's a weird sport, man. Arkansas looked dominant, not as dominant as Tennessee does this year, but Arkansas looked so dominant for so much of last year, and then did not, and and then won, won its first super regional game by like twenty runs, and then right. lost the next two days, and it was done. So it can be gone. But I, I think Grant summed up. Um, which a very grand thing to do and a very many thing to do. Uh, I took a lot of words to say something that he said much more efficiently uh, and accurately. Uh, it, it would be a shame if if they are not remembered, no matter what happens, for being about as fun uh, a college sporting team as you will see. So, lots and lots to discuss there, and we'll have lots more to discuss about them certainly in the next couple of weeks as well. Grant, appreciate the time, man. I'll ask you if you have anything else, and last time you actually did so. Why don't you give us your more stylistic question uh, answer when I when I say you if you got anything else? I uh, can't go two in a row. I'm done. There you go. Thanks, buddy. See you. And there's the button, and now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the GoVols twenty four seven podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Record, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, Just Tennessee news in your feed nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash twenty 247 You can also go to facebook.com slash twenty 247 and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run round the clock, 24-7 as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world pretty much every freaking time zone that exists we've got somebody there we got people up at different hours of the day we got all kinds any time of day anytime you go there you're gonna find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics talking SEC stuff talking pro sports talking life advice with kids what to get spouses for their for anniversaries uh, lawn maintenance oh you just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that, seven, that seven-day that 7 free trial, after that, you get us that that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get Go 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done, commercial-free, tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find, like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it. All of it right there, something for the entire family and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports. Uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Syria, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour. You get everything on there, and we, you get all of that and our site, all of it. just about a hundred bucks and change a year one of the best deals you can possibly find and if you don't do it i don't know what's wrong with you go do that don't be a fool go do that if nothing else guys you should hear from hear from us in a few days so until then uh try to be good to each other try to have basic human empathy for for people out there in the world there's not enough of that these days there's too many a-holes we don't need that be good see ya